0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Hello and welcome back. It's it's me. This is Selena Bean. And I know you're probably expecting me to be in the studio with my creepy lights, my table, my Ouija boards, and my buddy beside me. But the truth is I am laying on my giant white fluffy couch in the living room. And it is 12.03 a.m., I started my day at 9 a.m., and it is now 12, and this is my my last thing on the list. The truth is, I have asked the universe for all the things, okay? I did not manifest, I'm like, I want all these things, I want them all, give me. And the universe just went, yep, yeah, we're going to conspire, we're going to give it all to you. But I didn't mean all at the same time, which everything seems to be happening. I know I've kind of talked before about the podcast going down to one episode a month for a little while, and it was just a really scary decision to make because the podcast is the one thing that I've been doing since 2014, 2015. Like I was a baby, guys. I remember my first time recording it. I had this one little bedroom. I guess they were all little. I lived in a very tiny house. When I say tiny, I mean, I think it was 800 square feet. It had three bedrooms. So you can imagine the size of those. But this one room was Adam's office, and all it had could fit in it was a desk and a chair. And then it had a closet with all of our winter coats. And I had convinced myself that these winter coats made it the perfect sound studio. So I got inside the closet. I set up my little laptop and a microphone that I had bought off of Marketplace on Facebook. And I sat in there, and I recorded the first episode of The state. I remember getting so hot in there, and I was, like, pouring buckets, but there was no way I wasn't going to get through it. And some of those first episodes were definitely my favorite. I actually have to choose after this which one I'm going to put on, so maybe maybe I should choose one of the first ones. So you guys can see how far we've come. (laughs) It started there, and then it moved to the desk, and then eventually we got the tiny house in the backyard, and that's where I recorded the podcast. It's not like I like to listen to myself talk, but... I think it was just fun to feel like I was actually connecting with people. And the funny part was, is back in the beginning, the most listens I would get was like 72. But I remember it growing by 10 and 10 and 10 feeling like I was on top of the entire world. And it was crazy to chase things like 100 or 1,000. And I remember one episode once got 1,200 views and I bought myself a cake. I might have found any excuse to kind of buy myself a cake, but that was definitely a good one. Life has been weird. Um, As I said, I had planned to take the podcast to once a month. And as I said, it felt weird because this is the one thing that I've been doing the longest. And I feel like some of you have been here with me from the very start. I don't actually know how many people are here from the start. But I like to think back to that number of 74 and think that at least 74 of you have been around. And if you have been, I just want to say thank you. Life has changed so much, and when I first started this podcast, I never could have imagined myself getting to where I did or have or I'm going, honestly. I uh, I posted a video on YouTube last week, and I talked about Ozempic that I was taking and, and how it broke my brain, and honestly it did, and it came at like a really bad time because I have so many different things going on, and it's been really hard to kind of push through that, coming off that medication while trying to do all the things that I want to do The first week that I was off it, I was actually in Ottawa because I got the craziest opportunity I thought that I would never get, and that was to film a movie. (sighs) I can't wait to be able to tell you guys about it. It was definitely one of the craziest experiences of my life, and I got to meet one of my idols from my childhood and someone who I watched growing up, and it just kind of blows my mind. If you would have told me three years ago that this is where I would be, I would have traveled a lot of the world and met all the people I wish I could. And honestly, if you just would have told me that I had the confidence to do any of this, I wouldn't have believed you. I remember there was a time with my Meniere's disease where I was so dizzy I barely left the bathroom for a year. And it had put so much fear into me that I was afraid to even go to Walmart. I was afraid to go to Walmart. Now this Sunday I leave for Texas. And then a couple weeks after that we're in LA for VidCon i really hope I get to meet some of you guys at VidCon. I was going to do the meet and greet, but self-doubt lives too strong in me, and I really feel like nobody would come to it. But I get to do a Q&A with Chris, who's definitely my best friend. And I get to do some other really fun things that I think you guys will enjoy. It's on the website. I get to do a spooky panel, and I get to do a cool challenge. And it's just always fun to meet the creators that I watch and the people who make me smile. But the one thing that will always make me smile the most is you guys. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I want really good things to come for this podcast, but I do feel really overwhelmed with life right now. And the podcast is one thing that's, I don't know, it feels like something I can sit down and pick back up because I did many times over the past, what, near decade? Near decade. Wow. How things have changed how things have changed. I'm working on a really huge project right now I can't talk about quite yet. I hate it when there's always NDAs and they're like, you can't talk about it. I'm like, wow, this is all I want to do. Like, why can't we just have a chat? (laughs) But I think I'm going to choose one of the really early episodes for you guys today. And maybe we can both listen together and see how much things have changed. I just want to say thank you. Thanks for having my back. Thanks for buying the weird shit I've created. (laughs) Thanks for watching my videos. I don't know what the next six months will hold, or even a year, but I'm going to keep working hard and plucking along, and I hope you'll come for the ride. So, until next time, stay spooky, boo crew. <laughs> Bye.
2: Welcome to the of the Hello, my little goblins. It is me, your host, Selena Myers, and welcome to the fourth installment of The Haunted Estate, a paranormal podcast. We are not just stories, we are everything in between. I want you to write me your short stories. I want to hear your local ghost legends. I want everything everything if you have a topic that you would like covered let me know i will research it and we will go through it on the show do you have a paranormal podcast yourself do you have a website let me know let's promote together i think that sounds pleasant content content i am calling for content any ideas make sure to call our toll-free number one you know it you know it tell a friend share on facebook leave me a review on itunes thanks babes
3: 10 top haunted items
2: you heard it i had a listener send me a really cool article on the top 10 haunted haunted items i'm not knowing if it's in the world but i think it's just a really fun read this article was written by beverly jenkins the link to this article will be posted on the hauntedestate.com underneath blogs number one is the dibbit box and a dibbit box is a wine cabinet which according to jewish folklore is said to be haunted by a restless evil spirit that is capable of haunting and possessing the living One popular dibbit box became famous when it was listed on eBay, along with a terrifying backstory. The story began in September 2001, when an antique buyer and refinisher attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. The auction was held to sell off the belongings of a 103-year-old woman and her grandfather, granddaughter informed the antique dealer of the woman's past when she noticed that he had purchased a simple wooden wine cabinet. The old woman had been Jewish, the only one of her family members that had survived in the Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She had then immigrated to the United States. The wine cabinet and two other items were the only things she brought with her. The woman's granddaughter explained that her grandmother had always kept the box hidden away, and said that it should never, ever be opened because it contained a malicious spirit called a dibek. She requested that the box be buried with her, but since doing so went against the Jewish uh, uh, tradition, her family did not oblige. When the antique dealer asked the granddaughter if she would like to keep the box for sentimental reasons, the woman refused, becoming upset and saying, we made a deal, you have to take it. The dealer took his purchase back to the shop and placed it in his workshop in the basement. Immediately, strange and frightening things started happening. He was called by his frantic shop assistant, who said that the lights had gone out, the doors and security gates had locked, and she heard terrible sounds coming from the basement. When he investigated, he discovered a terrible odor of cat urine in the air, and every light bulb in the place had been smashed. The dealer gave the box to his mother as a gift nice and the woman immediately suffered a major stroke in the hospital she spelled out h-a-t-e-g-i-f-t as tears spilled from her eyes uncontrollably he attempted to give the gift to several more people but was always returned to him within a few days usually because the people just didn't like it or because they felt that there was something evil about it he began suffering from a recurring nightmare And he later found that all his family members who had been around the box were having the same kind of dream. He started seeing shadow figures darting around in his peripheral vision as well. After finally admitting that there was something paranormal happening, he went online to research and fell asleep at his computer. When he woke up, he felt like something was breathing on his neck. And when he turned his head, he saw a huge shadow figure darting away from him down the hall. He then decided to list the item on eBay, along with a detailed account of what had happened to him since obtaining the box. Jackson Haxon, the curator of a medical museum in Missouri, purchased the box from the eBay auction. He later wrote a book detailing the strange story of the divot box. And in 2012, a horror movie based on the based on the book, The Possession, was released. I remember that movie. It was really good. I know I've been told that... My taste in movies is terrible, but I feel like if you're going to put effort into something, I'm going to at least try to enjoy it.
3: Number two, Annabelle, the doll possessed by a lying demon. In
2: 1970, a woman shopping in a thrift store bought a reggedy Ann-style doll for her daughter, who was in college. Her daughter liked it and put it in her apartment, but soon, she and her roommate both noticed odd things happening involving the doll. It would move by itself, often being found in another room even though nothing had touched it. They found small scraps of parchment paper which they didn't even own, with childish writing scrawled on them. They even found the doll standing impossibly on its rag doll leg one day. The frightened girls contacted a psychic medium who told them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl who had died in the apartment building. Annabelle, she said, liked the college girls and wanted to stay with them. So, they told her that she could stay. Unfortunately, granting the spirit permission led to increased paranormal activity in their apartment, including having a male friend get attacked by the doll one night, leaving vicious scratch marks all over his chest and torso. At their wits' ends, the girl contacted a renowned psychic investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. The married duo soon found that the doll was not possessed by the spirit of a child at all. Rather, it was possessed by a demon who had lied about his identity in order to get close to the girls, perhaps intending to possess one of them or both. The girls gave Annabelle to the Warrens, who encased it in in a glass display cabinet in their occult museum in Connecticut. The signs on the glass reads, warning, positively, do not open. If you remember the beginning of the movie The Conjuring, you see this story unfold. I have read an amazing, amazing book called The Demonologist, which talks about the life and the journey of Ed and Lorraine Warren, and they have some amazing more stories to go with Annabelle, like, um... When the doll was put in the glass case, there was a guy who like tapped on the glass and got really angry and was like, "Do something, I don't believe in this," and he tragically died on the like during a motorcycle ride on the way home, and they didn't really have an explanation for the accident and that's one of the things i I really love Ed and Lorraine and the fact that they'll step into any situation as I mentioned. I do home reading, but it's something that I don't do far as much as I used to because I'm very sensitive to things and and it can really take a lot out of me to the fact that I can be really tired and worn out and sick for for months after. So if I go into a situation and it is too much for me, I tend to direct them in a better um, location, someone who can deal with something um, bigger. The whole thing, when you do something that I do and you have um, the gifts that I have you know it can be a great thing but at times it can be a really not good thing and the whole important importance of this is knowing when things are too big for you and trying not trying as you with something that that is too much for you causing more of a problem
3: number three the ebay haunted painting causes sickness screaming and fear
2: In 2000, an anonymous eBay seller listed the painting created by Bill Stoneham, called The Hands Resist Him. This painting is now largely considered to be one of the world's most haunted works of art. The painting features a boy and a creepy doll standing in front of a glass door. The painting was created in 1972 and was purchased by Hollywood actor John Marley. It was then bought by a California couple before going up for sale on eBay with a diary warning about the problems involved with owning the object. According to the couple, the figures in the painting moved around at night, sometimes disappearing from the canvas entirely. The boy in the painting was said to actually enter the room where the painting hung, and everyone who viewed the painting reported feeling sick and weak. Small children would take one look at the painting and run from the room screaming. Adults sometimes felt like unseen hands were grabbing them, and others said that they felt a blast of hot air as if somebody had opened an oven. Even those who viewed the painting online claimed to feel a sense of unease, dread, or terror Promised when looking at the painting. The
3: of one
2: person even claimed that their brand new printer refused to print the photo of the painting. However, it worked fine on every other print job. The painting was purchased by a gallery in Grand Grand Rapids. When the gallery spoke to the artist of who created it, he was surprised to hear that his work was the center of paranormal investigation. But he did mention that the two people who originally displayed and reviewed the painting had died within a year of viewing. The hands resist him. I find it super interesting to finally see a picture of this as I have read about it and like heard about it and seen some articles about it but never seen the picture and it's really creepy it is this kind of eyeless boy with this creepy doll and they're in front of a glass door that have all these like window like hands and stuff pressed on them so yeah if you go to the link it'll be in the blog section of thehauntedestate.com you'll be able to see the picture too and I can't say that I have any uneasy feelings just looking at it through the computer but I would love to talk to some actual people who have seen it in person.
3: Number four, the Myrtles Plantation Mirror contains the spirits of a woman and her children.
2: The Myrtles Plantation is an allegedly haunted bed and breakfast that is largely considered to be one of the most haunted homes in the United States, as well as one of the most haunted houses in the world the plantation dates back to 1796 and was built on a native american burial ground additionally it is rumored to be the location of at least 10 murders and the paranormal events are there, that that there are almost a daily occurrence perhaps the most haunted item on the premises is a mirror that was and added to the home in the 1980s story. guests of the plantation have reported seeing figures lurking in the mirror, as well as a child-sized handprint on the glass. Legend claims that the mirror contains the spirit of Sarah Woodruff and her children. The Woodruffs were poisoned to death, and though custom indicates that the mirror should be covered after death to prevent the spirits from getting trapped, this mirror was not covered. So the belief is that the Woodruff souls are as much present and active within the mirror. The Myrtle Plantation is actually, I know all these sound like my favorite, but I love this story, and more ghosts that go on there are like the girl in the green turban, and as it mentions at the end of that article that the mother and her children were um, poisoned, the story goes that there was a girl, a black slave, and she was having an affair with the husband, and he was like, no, no more, and she wanted to be with him, so as punishment she had poisoned the mother and the children and i'm pretty sure it was her own people the other slaves that actually killed her for doing that for giving them a bad name because from from what everyone says i guess that they were very good slave owners and um i really am going to look in and to find a book about this because that would make such a fun read as there's so many articles
3: five haunted wedding dress dances on its own
2: In 1849, a girl from a rich family named Anna Baker fell in love with a low-class ironworker. Anna's father, Ellis Baker, refused to let her marry her beloved, banishing the young man from their hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania, and dooming his daughter to a life of spinsterhood. Anna was so angry with her father that she never fell in love or married. She remained bitter and angry until her death in 1914. Before her father sent her true love away, Anna had chosen a beautiful wedding dress that she intended to wear on the day of their wedding. When the wedding did not occur, another wealthy woman from a local family, Elizabeth Dystart, wore the dress instead, gloating the entire time. Years later, the wedding dress was given to a historical society, and eventually the Baker Mansion was turned into a museum. The wedding dress was placed in a glass case which was formerly Annie, in what was formerly Anna Baker's room. After her death, visitors claimed to see the dress move on its own, especially during full moons. The dress sways from side to side as if an unseen bride is standing in front of the mirror, admiring herself in the gown investigators who have searched for drafts and other natural occurring circumstances have come up empty-handed no one can be sure why the dress moves by itself though many speculate that it's the spun the spurned bride and a baker who has reclaimed her dress at last
3: number six chairs that push people out of them and make people feel sick
2: Newport, Rhode Island is one of the oldest towns in the United States. Settled in 1690 by the early 20th century, the seaport town had become a hot summer destination for some of America's wealthiest families. The mansions of Newport are legendary, as are many of the ghost stories that accompany the buildings that have been around for so long. Belcourt Castle was founded by Oliver Hazard Perry Belmont, a wealthy American socialite and politician in 1894. There are many different documented hauntings within this lavish home, but perhaps the most famous haunted objects in the castle are two chairs that reportedly have spirits attached to them. Visitors who sit in the chairs say they immediately feel cold, queasy, and uncomfortable. Their hands feel like they're being pricked by static electricity when held near the chairs, and many people have claimed that they felt like they're just sitting on someone and when they attempt to sit in the chairs. Several visitors have actually been ejected from the chairs from an unseen force.
3: Number seven, Haunted Doll Curses Those Who Take His Picture Without Permission.
2: In 1896, this creepy doll belonged to a child named Robert Eugene Otto in Key West, Florida. The doll had been given to him by a servant who practiced black magic and who disliked the boy's family. The little boy adored his doll and would often talk to him at length. Servants in the auto home became concerned, however, they were swore that they could hear a phantom voice talking back to the boy, and neighbors claimed to have seen the doll moving from window to window in the auto house when nobody was home. Soon the doll started causing mischief and frightened the child, who would claim he had no part in it. Rooms would be messed up, vases smashed, and little Robert would be blamed even though he seemed extremely afraid and insisted that his doll had done the deeds Robert inherited the house and died in 1972 the house was purchased by another family a little girl who had moved into the home found the doll in the attic and was instantly afraid of it she said the doll was alive and wanted to kill her the doll wound up at an art gallery in a historical museum in Key West, where it remains on display till this day. Oddly enough, visitors to the museum claim that they must ask to take a photograph of the doll. If they don't, legend has it that the doll will put a curse on you. The museum displays letters from so-called cursed individuals who have written to the doll, apologizing for not asking to take his picture and asking to be released from his spell. The story um, of Robert the Doll goes very deep. Um, If you research it, there's a lot of really fantastic, fantastically creepy stories. He is like kind of a little sailor looking doll, but I know there's a movie now on Netflix. I have not watched it yet. I started it like a little bit and it seemed like a bit of a B-level movie, but I'm going to look it up. But he is definitely very innocent looking, which is makes everything a bit more (laughs) creepy.
3: Number 8. The Woman from Lem Statue Brings Death to All Owners
2: Nicknamed the Goddess of Death, the Woman of Lem is a statue carved from pure limestone that was discovered in 1878 by Lem Cyprus. The item dates back to 3500 BC and is believed to represent a goddess similar to the fertility idol. The statue was first owned by Lord Elfont, and within six years of having the statue in his possession, all seven of the Elfont family members had died from mysterious causes. Both of the next two owners, Ivor Mancui and Lord Thompson Noel, also died along with their entire families just a few short years of taking the statue into their homes. The the fourth owner, Sir Alvin Biverbrook, died as well along with his wife and two of their daughters. Two of the Biverbrook sons remained, and although they weren't big believers in the occult, they were scared enough by the sudden and strange deaths of their four family members that they decided to donate the statue to the Royal Scottish Museum in Edinburgh, where it remains today. Shortly after the item was placed in the museum, the chief of the section where the statue dwelt, suddenly died as well. Though no museum curator will admit to the statue having any supernatural properties, no, no one has handled the statue since the first museum pa- the first museum worker passed away. The item is safely put under glass and protected from all human hands.
3: Number nine: the anguished man.
2: This scary-looking painting was kept in Sean Robinson's grandmother's attic for 25 years before he inherited it from her. She had always told Robinson that the painting was evil, explaining how the artist who created it had used his own blood mixed with the paint and had killed himself shortly after completing it. She claimed to hear voices and crying when the painting was displayed, and to see a shadowy figure of a man in her house, which is why she locked it away in the attic. As soon as Robinson took the painting into his home, him and his family started experiencing the same kinds of creepy phenomenon. His son fell down the stairs, his wife felt something stroking her hair, and they saw the shadow man and heard crying. Robinson decided to set up a camera overnight to try and capture some of these strange events on tape. Robinson's YouTube videos show slamming doors, rising smoke, and the painting falling from a wall for no reason. Frightened, Robinson put the painting down in his basement, but he is not interested in selling it.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take.
2: There is a lot about this painting, and it's very interesting. In this link, you will see a picture of it, and also the YouTube video is linked, and I'm going to watch that. How interesting.
3: Number 10. The cursed chair of death kills all who sits in it.
2: In 1702, a convicted murderer named Thomas Busby was about to be hanged for his crimes. His last request was to have his final meal served at his favorite pub in Thirsk, England. He finished his meal, stood up, and said, May sudden death come to anyone who dare sit in my chair. The chair remained in the pub for centuries, and patrons would often dare one another to sit in the cursed seat. During World War II, airmen from a local nearby base frequented the pub, and locals noted, noticed that soldiers who sat in the chair would never return home from if war. Story, in 1967, two Royal Air Force wonder. pilots sat in the chair, only to crash their truck into a tree just after they left. In 1970, a mason tested his fate in the hot scene, only to die that same afternoon by falling into a hole at his job site. A year after that, a roofer who sat sat in it died after the roof he was working on collapsed. When the pub's cleaning lady tripped and fell onto the chair, she died shortly after from a brain tumor. The list goes on, and finally the pub owner moved the chair into the basement. Unfortunately, even in storage, the chair claimed another victim. After After a delivery man took a quick rest while unloading packages in the storm room, he was killed in a car accident the same day. Eventually, the pub owner donated the chair to the local museum in 1972. The the museum displays the chair by hanging it five feet in the air so no one can possibly sit in it by mistake again. Fortunately, no one has sat in it since. Coincidence? I think not. As I mentioned, this article will be linked in the blog area of thehauntedestate.com. You can click on that and take a look at all of these creepy haunted items.
3: Have your own spooky story to share, or have a cool idea, let us know at one eight seven seven two six zero three four two eight. 260 3428
2: Today's first ghost story is written by someone who would like to remain anonymous. My story starts when I turned 20. I moved out of my mother's house into my first apartment with my boyfriend. We were over the moon about this one-bedroom place that we called home. It was an old house converted into three separate dwellings. Our apartment was on the main floor. It was cozy, but it was all ours. At first, the place seemed perfect. As young adults, we worked a lot, and I had three jobs to make sure the ends meet, so we were rarely home. As we got settled in, a new neighbor and her baby son moved in above us, so I knew it wouldn't stay quiet for long. But as the day passed, it wasn't the sound of the child that I would hear. I can remember hearing sounds in the night that sounded like wind chimes, which I could pass off as an open window in my neighbor's fascination with lawn ornaments. Until, one night, the sound was coming in from my apartment. And this time, it wasn't just me who heard it. My boyfriend woke me up one night as I was asleep in the bedroom. He said that he could hear the sound of the mugs that had been left on the counter being swirled around on the countertop. And it only stopped when, when I heard him and answered back. Later, I would go on to have my next experience in the middle of the night. I heard a loud noise and sat straight up in my bed, Then again, bang, 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 I tried to wake my boyfriend but he said he didn't hear anything. When I was brave enough, I went out to the kitchen, turned on the light to find all my dishes on the floor neatly stacked, and my dish tray folded next to it. I was so freaked out, but more upset that I was the only one that had to go out and find it. From that night on, my apartment never felt alone. I had access to the basement to do laundry. It was a dirt floor and stored only belongings of the landlord, items such as spare bathtubs and tile. I hated being down there. It was creepy and dark and the washing machine always broke down. In the days to come, I swapped stories with the girl upstairs who told me that strange sounds happened in her place too, including the sound of wind chimes. She said she would often hear heavy footsteps making their way into her living room. This happened almost every night and scared her enough to make her start sleeping with her bedroom door closed. After that, I had had enough. I was scared even more so after hearing her encounter that I had my friend come over and cleanse both our apartments. She left rocks and other items in the corners of the house, which I never touched, even when we moved. I never heard anything again, other than the story about the previous upstairs resident, who apparently heard the same steps coming up his place, and instead of only hearing them also saw a spirit of a man in work boots standing in his doorway. We were told that he left and never returned, which would explain the reason we had a foul smell in our fridge. Back then, we had meters for hydro, and if the meter ran out, so did your hydro. I can only imagine how long it was before someone noticed that he wasn't coming back. I did what I could while I was there to respect and clear the space. Sometimes I want to ask the new tenants, as we still live in the same town, if they've ever had any experiences. Maybe one day I'll be brave enough. Thank you, Anonymous, for your super cool story. I would like to say that a lot of that sounds residual, kind of hearing the same things at the same time. And footsteps every single night but it kind of sounds poltergeisty with the uh cups swirling on the counter and and um with the plates in the middle of the room and that is kind of you hear so many stories about apartment building because you're putting a lot of different energies from different people in the same dwelling and as you mentioned you were twenty and a woman moved in with her young son she was probably young and a lot of emotion in those kind of situations so it kind of sounds poltergeisty but I really enjoyed reading that and that was really cool and i know i have another story of yours and i am saving it for the next episode thank you
3: do you have a paranormal experience you would like to share call and leave us a message 1-877-260-3428
2: I would like to take this opportunity to talk about the new book by the 22 year old Beachville author Adam Fawcett. The book is called The Dark Cloud of Oxford, The Topping Murder. Over 140 years ago, Oxford County in Ontario, Canada was rattled by a terrible tragedy that led to one of Oxford County's most famous tales of folklore, Critters Lane. Dark Cloud of Oxford is an informational look into history covering the story of the horrifying topping murder that left a forever scar on the county of Oxford. In addition, he has witness testimonies from the trial court documents and historical documents, as well as death certificates of the topping victims. I know that this book is available in some places in Um, Oxford County. What I'm going to do on the website, you'll see a picture of the front of the book. If you click onto that, it will take you to the Facebook page where you can find the information on how to pick up this book yourself. Personally, I have not read this book, but I have heard rave, rave reviews. He has done some public signings. I know that he's asked to speak a few times for the Historical Society, and the newspaper has done a couple write-ups about him, which is fantastic and there's nothing better than hearing one of you know oxford county's people's (laughs) getting a step up in something that they love to do so please go check it out and let him know who sent you
3: and now for another ghost story
2: this story comes from georgie hi i have a few experiences but this is my favorite story of all In September of 1991, my mother had her first heart attack, and her health began to decline. On September 24th of the same year, she got up in the morning, and when she came out of the bathroom, she told my sister that her older brother, who lived in a different town, was in the bathroom, and that he wanted her to go with him. But she told him no, she didn't want to go. We thought, maybe, that it was her new medication that was causing her to see things, so we didn't think too much of it. Until, a couple hours later, when the phone rang. It turned out that the brother that she had seen had died during the night. As if that weren't enough, she followed him just under a month later when she passed away in January of 1922. I guess she had really come to get her. Georgie. Wow, Georgie, I know that that's a very tragic story, but those are the kinds that I really do love and appreciate, 'Cause it just it gives you a bit of comfort to know that there is people who love you waiting on the other side. I'm very sorry for the loss of your of your mother and your brother. But thankfully you knew that he was he was there and he was waiting for her and that I just that made that gives me happy tears. Happy, happy tears. Thank you so much, Georgie, for your story. I do really love stories like that, because it kinda goes to show that there's something on the other side, and I know that lots of like mediums and psychics and everybody has different opinions on what happens later and I'm sitting here looking at my bookshelf and I have some like Sylvia books and and my my absolute favorite book I'm trying to find it okay okay I found it it's by James Van Praa, and it's called Ghosts Among Us and I actually had a friend recommend this book to me and I kind of went in it went into a blinding blindly not knowing What it was going to be and I listened to the audio and I was dealing with a lot of fear of what comes next because the things that I had seen and reading his book and then going to some other mediums um, really clarified for me what comes next because I don't really, I see what has happened and what's going on. I don't have communication really with others. What I do is very specific, but books like that... (laughs) It just makes you not worry about here and, and all the problems that you deal with here and the people that you have to deal with here because what what's coming is just, it's a whole different level of consciousness. And I'm not going to go deep into that now because I've gotten to some huge debates about it and I don't like to, you know, act eccentric about it. But I went to a really amazing, I had a great opportunity to go to a what's beyond workshop at the indigo lounge in Tilsonburg. i'm also going to link that on the side um, on the site it's a amazing place amazing place um, they have workshops they have yoga they have an organic eatery it's just a fantastic place and they have these amazing workshops where you get to find out these amazing things and build yourself up and become the person that you want to be and strong in that place It's just about love and it's about happiness and it's about wholesome living and I know in my life lately I have had a lot of confrontation from people who don't know me saying really um, terrible things about me which just breaks my heart because I try to be nice to everybody that I meet and I just feel that when people, the nicer you are to people, the more angry it seems to make them but... I need to get myself back to the Indigo Lounge. They have yoga, they have, you name it. I am going to link this site. I actually just pulled up the website right now, and like right now, the upcoming events: Back to Basics, Teen Leaf Free Dings, Ho O Pono Pono Healing Workshop, Chakra Mala Workshop. They have On The Go Yoga, Indigo. Oh gosh, it's just balanced and realigned. And it's just one of those places where you just feel comfortable and want to go. But that is all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you have a story, if you have a topic idea, anything, you name it, email me at selena at thehauntedestate.com. And don't be afraid to call in at one 260 3428 Thank you, everyone. And have a splendid, spooky week. We are that much closer to Halloween. I've already started decorating. Shh. <laughs> you can live
5: out your master Chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations.